Thanks a lot, Josh. If you could have your Bibles ready there at Proverbs chapter 1, that'd be very helpful. A few places we'll be going. I think they're going to be coming up on the screen. Um, but uh, for the most part, we're going to be looking at what Proverbs 1 has to say as it kind of functions as the introduction to the whole book of Proverbs. Now, it is more than three years since I was last here in the Redlands. It is a real joy to be back to look out to see so many familiar faces, as well as some people that I haven't actually had the opportunity to meet yet. And it's been a great encouragement to us in Gladstone to actually have some of you come to Gladstone and serve our church in different ways, to know that you guys are praying for us and have been supporting us. That's just a wonderful thing. But I can tell you, a lot can change in three years. I reckon as I walked in this, uh, this afternoon, some of you looked at our kids and went, wow, what have you been fertilising them with to make them grow so quickly? Has the dynamic lifter been growing your kids? Because let me tell you, they have grown. A little Gino, the youngest one, he was two years old when we moved to Gladstone and he comes back today in grade one, a feisty little five-year-old. Now, you might have noticed that I have a little bit more grey hair now than I had three years ago. Being a student minister was a wonderful gig. It puts you in that fantastic situation where you don't really have to deal with too much that's hard. People never come to you to complain because they know you can't change anything anyway. But that has changed as well. Those days are long gone. But let me say, perhaps the thing I'm looking forward to most this weekend is seeing how the gospel's been at work in your lives. I'm not so much talking about the physical appearance changes that happens to all of us, but the way you may have actually grown in godliness over three years. The way you're being shaped, the way you're being transformed, because let me tell you, God's word expects, leads me to expect that there will have been change. As the gospel takes root in your lives... And I hope too that in God's kindness, you might look at me and be encouraged and see some changes in me as well. That compared to three years ago, I might be a little less arrogant, a little less filled with pride, a little less angry, and perhaps on the other hand, a little bit more godly, a little bit more generous, a little bit more gentle. And as we think about the book of Proverbs, a little bit wiser as well. See, sometimes this sort of change can happen so slowly that you barely notice until the day when you stop and look back at where you've come from and see just how far you've gone. That's one of the real values of this weekend because I, I want you to stop and to think and to take stock of where you are today. It gives us time and space to slow down and reflect on our lives and our relationship with our Heavenly Father. See, most of the time, we just continue to muddle through without thinking at all. That's our default position until we get things like today. So please do that this weekend. Now stop and think for a moment about where you are. See, I wonder if you had the opportunity to run the last 
year over again whether there's anything you would do differently. Maybe there's a few disasters that you might have been able to avoid. Maybe there's a few words that you wish hadn't come out of your mouth. Maybe some decisions that could have been made better. Now let me mention just three names of people who I reckon might be wishing that they were a little wiser 12 months ago than what they were. David Warner, Stephen Smith, Cameron Bancroft. Three names who I reckon if they had the opportunity to have the last 12 months over again, they would do at least one thing very, very differently. Now, Cameron Bancroft wrote a letter uh, to himself and it got published in the West Australian newspaper towards the end of last year as his ban was coming to an end. Now, if you've read through it, it's very much a PR exercise where he's trying to rehabilitate his reputation and manage things a little bit for his return. But I think there was at least a few good insights in there where he realised that he could have done things better than what he did. If he'd been wiser, things would have been different. Now, assuming God gives you another 12 months here on this earth, what are the chances that you might look back in a year's time and say that you are wiser then than what you are now? You'll definitely be older, but will you be wiser as well as older? Now, the book of Proverbs makes a very, very big claim that there is something that is guaranteed to make a difference in your life, and that's wisdom. Wisdom that's more valuable than gold. Wisdom that can even save you from a very unpleasant end. Now, if you're searching for wisdom, wisdom that works in our world, then Proverbs is a great place to go to. It's part of the Bible along with Job and Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon that's often called wisdom literature. Now, right at the very beginning of the book, uh, as was read out earlier by Annette so well, Proverbs claims it's all about wisdom, claims it'll make you wise. So come with me to verse 1 and let's see what the book of Proverbs says it will do for you. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behaviour, Doing what's right and just and fair. For giving prudence to those who are simple. Knowledge and discretion to the young. So if you want to put that in a nutshell, what is wisdom? Well, wisdom is all about finding the right thing to do in whatever situation you're in in life. Making good decisions when you're under pressure. Doing what's right and fair. I reckon there is nothing more practical than the study of wisdom. See, wisdom is different to being intelligent. It's about being street smart for life. It's a little bit of a relationship between wisdom and intelligence, but it's only a very loose connection. I mean, sometimes wisdom and intelligence go together, but sometimes they don't. Think of that egghead you know who would struggle to change a light bulb if he had to. Now, I've got a cousin who worked as a PA once for one of the uh, better criminal barristers in our state. This bloke is the smartest guy in the courtroom every time he's there. 
Uh, he earns mo- more in a day than what most of us do in a couple of months. Brilliant legal mind, and if you're in strife with the law, this is the guy you want representing you if you live in this town. But as his PA, my cousin's job was to buy food for his dog, to make sure his windows got shut when he went away so that the rain didn't come in, to buy clothes for him so he had something to wear. And this wasn't just because he didn't have enough time. No, this guy could not function in the basic aspects of life, even though he's one of the brightest blokes around that you'd ever meet. Do you see that? Do you know that? Wisdom, intelligence, don't think that they're connected. They're different things. Wisdom is more than intelligence. And so don't put yourself down here and say that wisdom's not for you. Look how it's described here in Proverbs. Intelligence does not get a mention at all at the start there. Wisdom is about the skill and art of living well in this world. Now, before I go on and say what I'm about to say, I want to quote from a very well-known Australian public intellectual. This is probably the wisest thing I've ever heard this man say. I'm talking, of course, of Jeff Fennick, if you haven't, don't know him. Jeff Fennick, when he famously said, I love yous all. Now, let me echo Jeff's words and say, I love yous all. And now that I've reassured you of my great love for you, I'm going to insult your intelligence. (laughs) The reality is about half of you in this room are above average when it comes to intelligence and the other half are below average. When it comes to intelligence, you've got what you've got, whether it's a little or whether it's a lot. Might be able to nudge the dial a little bit in either direction, but basically it is a fixed quantity that God has given you. Wisdom is different. It doesn't matter where you are now, you can become wiser. Don't give up and say, it's too hard for you, I couldn't do that. Growing in wisdom is for everyone here and it should be our project in life as we become more godly. So you look at verse 5 there and see what it says. It says, let the wise listen and add to their learning. Did you hear that? If you're wise already, well, you can become wiser. That's Proverbs' call to you. Grow in wisdom. If you jump down to verse 22, the foolish and the simple are mentioned there. How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Well, wisdom is for you too. See, don't be happy with where you are at the moment. As Josh was talking about earlier, it's about growth. You're here to grow and growing in wisdom is for everyone. All of us. We can't be content to just to sit where we are and to stand still when it comes to wisdom. Wisdom is for you, so grow in it. Now, wisdom as well is built into the very fabric of creation. It exists because God's made this world and he's designed it to work in a particular way and it actually functions in a particular way where life runs smoothest when you do it in the way that God intends. Creation itself reflects God's character and his intentions for it. 
So listen to this from Proverbs 3, 19 and 20. It says, By wisdom the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding he set the heavens in place, for by his knowledge the watery depths were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. Wisdom runs through creation in the same way that your veins and capillaries run all through your body. Wisdom courses through this world, through the air, through the trees, through the plants, through us. It works in God's way. And so because of that, God's people aren't the only ones who are interested in it. I mean, look at my Facebook feed and what do I see if I look there? Any given day, there'll be some profound quote that someone's put up. They'll look at the world, they'll observe how it works and they'll be happy to put that forward as a pithy bit of wisdom. I mean, think of your great aunt Nellie who always had the perfect wise little quote to bring out on any given occasion. Encyclopedia of sayings tucked away in memory. I mean, a stitch in time saves nine. A journey of a thousand kilometres begins with a single step. All's well that ends well. And a couple of my personal favourites that I've got to share with you, some ancient Chinese proverbs. The man who runs behind a car gets tired. Uh, in front of a car gets tired, but the man who runs behind the car gets exhausted. And the man who runs beside the car gets adored. It cracks me up every time. But wisdom is more than just knowledge. Wisdom is about being able to apply that knowledge in a given situation. There's something that can be perfect at one time and yet just tweak the circumstances slightly and something very different should be the case. I mean, think about this. We'll say one moment, better late than never. And yet on another occasion, the early bird gets the worm. Now, both of those sayings capture something about living life in this world. And yet on one occasion, one is perfectly appropriate and on the other, the other would be. See, wisdom recognises that life and this world is complex and getting the context right is a part of being wise. Wisdom and Proverbs warns us against a one-size-fits-all approach to life because the world is more complex than we realise. We have to slow down and slight differences can mean a complete rethink and a different approach. Now, wisdom and creation are inseparably joined. They go together because wisdom is built into reality, which means growing in wisdom is one of the most practical things you can do. And people value wisdom no matter where they live or when they've lived. But even more than that, come with me to one of the central things, perhaps the key verse in this whole introduction to wisdom in chapter 1. Take a look at verse 7 there, which tells us that wisdom is gospel-shaped. Look where it starts. Not with creation, but with the creator. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. As we've just been saying, wisdom's available to anyone who lives in this world just because we're creatures who can look around us and observe how it works. But there's always something missing 
if you don't start with the Lord. The best you can hope for is a kind of wisdom that's useful in some situations. I mean, there's people that I take advice for on how I ride my bike. I listen to the blokes in my cycling group about that. I I don't run to God's word or my brothers and sisters in Christ. But ultimately, that kind of wisdom is partial and incomplete and ultimately it's fatally defective because it will let you down in life with the really big things that matter. Most of all, your future. The Bible's got a word to describe anyone who lives without reference to God and that word here in Proverbs is fool. The fool says in his heart, there's no God, says Psalm 14. And Romans 1 as well talks about the way all of humanity has rebelled against God, has failed to glorify and honour him as the creator. And this is what it says, and listen up for the talk about foolishness. It says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Romans looks at the way we've lived and what we've done and it says, although we claim to be wise without God, that's actually foolishness. Exchanging the glory of the immortal God for the things he's made, mistaking the creator with his creation, it makes you a fool. See, friends, there is nothing more foolish than rejecting God. It's got consequences for everything. Our relationship with our heavenly father is not just one of many relationships in our lives, it's the fundamental relationship on which everything else revolves and is built. It's got consequences for everything else. And when our relationship with God is fractured and broken, well, it means that we don't really see the world as it is and understand it properly and know how to live in a way that's truly wise. We chase wisdom without God, we're chasing after the wind. The biggest barrier to any of us today to becoming wise is to think that we can start without God and do it without him. See, wisdom begins with God and it ends with God. And if you're sitting here this afternoon and your relationship with God is currently broken, well, priority number one is to repair that. To be reconciled to God through his son, the Lord Jesus. To be reconciled to him, to have your sins forgiven, to find forgiveness in Jesus. Because unless God is your father, you will not hear the book of Proverbs properly. God becomes your heavenly father through his one and only son. And if you're going to hear rightly when Proverbs says, my son or my daughter, then you need to be God's child, first and foremost. You need to listen to your heavenly Father as he speaks good and wise words to you in the book of Proverbs, 
to grow in wisdom, to avoid all the terrible consequences that come with remaining a fool. That's our default position as humans in this world. Look at verse 8. Listen to this. It says, listen, my son. Do you hear your heavenly father speaking there? Listen to your father's instruction. Don't forsake your mother's teaching. They're a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. My son, if sinful men entice you, don't give in to them. But wisdom, wisdom calls. Pictured here like a person, like a woman who calls to you and says, it's there for the taking. See, our heavenly father longs for us to have his blessings and to pour them out in our lives through his son and through wisdom, if we'll only listen. Verse 20, out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I'll pour out my thoughts to you. I'll make known to you my teachings. So what about you, friends? Where are you at? Are you listening to wisdom call out, holding out the promise of a better way of life, holding out the glorious riches that God longs to bless you with through his son, a better life than what you have without him? But will you take it? You might think that's a no-brainer in some ways. And yet... For most people in this world, they don't want to walk that path. It's only a few who will step out and walk towards our God in wisdom. Now, I'm sure there's a whole lot of different reasons why that's the case. Maybe it's just that we're a little lazy. Maybe it sounds too hard. Maybe I can order a pizza and have it delivered right here in 15 minutes without leaving my seat. But if you walk that path towards wisdom, you're committing yourself to a lifetime of change and growth where you're going to have to repent. Where you can't stay where you are. Where you'll have to grow. See, the path to wisdom is long. It's a winding road. It's a path less traveled. But, oh boy, the rewards, the blessings that are there, it's so worth it. More and more as you go along. Because if you take the other path, Proverbs is very clear about where that will lead you as well. Look through the rest of the chapter. Look down to verse 28. Come with me there and see. Then they'll call to me, but I won't answer. They'll look for me, but will not find me, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. Since they wouldn't accept my advice and spurn my rebuke, they'll eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes, for the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. So this weekend, friends, no matter where you are at the moment, whether you're at the foolish end of the spectrum or whether you consider yourself to be wise, 
Proverbs is calling you to grow and to become wiser. But don't think you can do that without God. Any attempt to do that without him is just going to bring arrogance and pride along with them into the picture. You would be a fool to do that because chasing wisdom without God is a fool's errand. Now, if you're familiar at all with the book of James in the New Testament, you might be hearing echoes of Proverbs in your ears as you read through that. It's a really great exercise sometime to sit down with the book of Proverbs and then read through the book of James in parallel with one another. There's a lot of overlap there. And right at the start of the letter, James talks to the simple in a way that reminds us of what Proverbs is doing here James says that wisdom is an essential part of Christian maturity. And if anyone lacks wisdom, well, step one is to ask God to give it. The God who gives generously. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything, but what can you lack? If any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Do you see that? Wisdom is a gift that comes from God. The God who gives generously without finding fault with you for being a fool. See, strangely enough, one of the wisest things you can do is to admit that you're a fool, and to ask God because you're not as wise as what you should be. And ask God for more wisdom. So wisdom is calling to you. And let me encourage you to walk that road today that leads there, that begins with the fear in the, of the Lord. It is the best thing you can do. Wisdom will keep you safe. Wisdom will protect you. And I can guarantee it, because that's what God's word promises, that wisdom will produce great results in your life. That's what our Heavenly Father promises to us, his sons and his daughters. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love us too much to leave us as we are. That you call to the wise and call them to grow in wisdom that you call to the fools and tell them to leave behind their foolish ways. Father, we confess before you now that we are fools. Like all of humanity, we've foolishly swapped you for your creation. And so, Lord, we thank you that we have a fresh beginning, that we can be reconciled to you through your Son, Becoming your sons and daughters. So, Father, work in our lives, we pray. Give us a desire to grow in wisdom, to move towards maturity through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we pray that that might produce great fruit. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Nate. Well, uh, as we just uh, heard, one of the things that Scripture says, if we lack wisdom, we should ask God. Uh, Nate just asked God 
uh, as he prayed. We're going to continue praying now. Uh, and so I'm going to ask Dennis and Simon to come up. They're going to pray. Uh, mighty God, Lord, we praise and give thanks to you that you are a God who builds his church. And it is no mistake... Hi again. The first talk.